2: welcome to the baseball america college podcast i'm teddy cahill today we have a special signing day edition of the baseball america college podcast i'm flying solo joe healy is not with us this week uh he will be back next week when we get back to our more typical fall programming but today it's all signing day all the time We have three great guests lined up to talk about their signing classes. We have Texas coach David Pierce. We have Arkansas coach Dave Van Horn, and we have Mississippi State coach Chris Limonis. All three of those guys signed top five classes today. You can check out the Baseball America 2020 recruiting class rankings over on the website uh, we went 15 deep, and I've got full breakdowns of those classes for Baseball America subscribers. Texas checks in at number one. The Lawnhorns have the top-ranked class, in part because they also landed the top-ranked player in right-hander Jared Kelly. Uh, there's a lot of other exciting pieces of that class for the Lawnhorns, and we're going to talk all about that uh, with David Pierce here coming up. Number two. Vanderbilt, number three, Arkansas, UCLA was number four, and then Mississippi State at number five. And the competition among those five classes for the top spot was really tight. You can throw Florida in, they were at number six. Really, all six of those classes were great, great classes. And um it'll be very interesting to see how it all shakes out. Of course, there's a lot of time left before these kids get on campus. And there is the the small matter of the draft next June, which will be something that all of these teams uh, at the top are, are having to contend with for some of their players. So these rankings will be revisited and our final rankings come out, of course, uh, you know, right at the start of September as they do uh, every year. This is the second year. I've put together rankings on signing day. We'd never done that before at Baseball America before, and the before the 2019 class a year ago. I wasn't really sure what to expect when I did that in terms of how much things would change. Bobby Witt was uh, was committed to Oklahoma, but it was pretty clear that he wasn't going to play for Oklahoma, probably. And, of course, he, he signs for... Uh, for a lot of money as the number two overall pick in the draft and uh then what does the oklahoma class look like well we found what i found was that i ranked 12 classes last year all 12 of those classes landed in the top 25 uh texas a&m was number 12 on signing day last year and they were in the 20s when it all came when it was all said and done but they were all there so you know some of this uh you know questions about like who's who's going to show up and you know how how are these classes going to look uh, you know in in eight nine months you know they're all valid questions but i i think at least from the the one year uh, of of experience of doing this that these top top flight classes on signing day are still very highly regarded once they do get the kids to campus so I, I think there is uh, there's a lot of value in signing a top class on signing day. Obviously, even if some of the things that make it so good in November, you can't necessarily count on because of the the big league draft and and, and the the kids that that are going to go off into pro ball. Uh, but we'll see how that all plays out. There, there's plenty of time to evaluate that and check back in. I guess in June and see where the kids get drafted and, and then uh, make a final uh, assessment come September. Like I said, today is an exciting day around the sport. You know, it's a, uh, it's a time to, to celebrate for the, the players who are signing. This is they, they put in a lot of work to get to this point, And now this is uh, kind of the celebration of that. You know, a lot of these kids of course had been committed for, for months or, or years but this is, you know, you're finally putting uh, the, the pen to paper and saying this is where I'm going to go officially for college. So it, it's a, a very exciting time for the players and congratulations to them for being able to make that commitment. And then also all the assistant coaches that have been grinding out there, doing the recruiting, seeing all the players, making their evaluations and, and doing everything that they can to get the players uh you know to to their institution uh exciting for them as well and uh i I think that they they are a lot of them are can get a well-earned rest uh here coming up uh once we finish up with all of the the signing day uh hoopla uh there are still some teams out there playing fall ball but uh that that will all be wrapping up for for everyone pretty soon so all in all a great day for college baseball uh College Baseball Signing Day, like we mentioned last week, doesn't have the, the insanity that uh, it the, the football counterpart does, but uh, it, it still is a, a very exciting day and a day of celebration for those around the game. Again, encourage you to check out the rankings over at BaseballAmerica.com. While you're there, there's plenty of other content. Our top 10 lists for each of the, the 30 big league teams – the, uh, in terms of prospects, those those are rolling out now. Uh, so I'd encourage you to check those out as well. And remember, you can go to store.baseballamerica.com. You can order our books, uh, our prospect handbook, our almanac, our directory—all available for pre-sale, pre-order rather as is Head of the Class, Baseball America's new college baseball book, uh, which is going to be coming very, very soon to the people that that have already ordered it. So it's still time to get in on that that fun as we look back at the last four decades of college baseball. What we have here today, again, is a a special edition of the the Baseball America College podcast. We've got these great interviews lined up, so I don't want to take up any more time. Let's just get right to it. With Texas coach David Pierce. Well, today is the Baseball America College Podcast Signing Day special rolls on. We have a special guest here that is Texas coach David Pierce. Texas, of course, signed the number one class in the in the country this year for for 2020. And coach, uh, it's an exciting day, and we're very happy that you're taking a few minutes to join us. Well,
3: Teddy, I appreciate it, and thanks for having me. I just think it's awesome that we get to talk about our sport, college baseball, in, in November. So you know, it's nice to have the time period but just give us a little recognition uh with that. So keep us relevant right now. So yeah, I appreciate you having me.
2: Absolutely. It's uh it's starting to get cold in some parts of the country and uh but but the more we can talk about baseball leading up to uh leading up to winter and, and, and then of course once we get into uh into um, you know January and February, then we can get into the season. But but right now it's a little a little slower. But but signing day heats it up. And uh, I mean, how exciting was it for you today to watch as uh you know the NLIs come in? You guys put in so much work to get a class like this, and, and today's kind of the culmination of all that effort.
3: Yeah, I mean, I just credit our entire staff. Our support staff has been awesome uh, on campus. Our resources have been just very supportive when when we've been able to bring some kids on campus. We've had great success because we have so much to offer and we've had uh, so many good people involved. But really I want to thank Sean Allen, our recruiting coordinator, and Philip Miller for, you know, just the tireless hours on the road and just, you know, dealing with travel coaches and and dealing with their schedules and dealing with the – the rigors of just recruiting in the summer, and I know how hard they've worked, um, but for them to put together a class like this is really
2: special. Yeah, absolutely. And it starts with Jared Kelly, a big right-hander there from the the state of Texas. And when we think about Texas power righties, there there are obviously a lot of them that, that come to mind. But what what excites you about about Jared, and and do you think he can follow in uh, some of the the Prototypical Texas uh, right-handed power righty footsteps that that we've had over the last many years in, in baseball.
3: Well, he's a USA Team USA kid and from, from a small town in Refugio, Texas. You know, you don't get a lot of big arms like that. But when he went into USA baseball, you know, he by far stood out uh, an easy mid nineties arm. Um, a kid that's well-equipped with secondary pitches, very poised on the mound, very strong frame, and um, a, a competitor that, that knows how to win. You know, the key with him and a few of our guys is just the draft, and we're going to have to deal with that, and understand that, but when you have that big of an arm in your backyard, you want him to sign with you. If he chooses to go professional baseball, you know, we'll see how that turns out next summer, but... Um, He's just a guy that if he does show up on campus, you can build around for sure.
2: You also have some exciting two-way talents in this class. Guys like uh, Jared Jones and Tanner Witt and and Aaron Nixon can do a lot of different things for you, and and that's something that you you often like to have in the program is is these two-way players. And what what about them? You know, speaking generally, do you do you like about the two-way guys and and these guys in particular? What what are they able to bring to to the program?
3: Well, you know, when you're dealing with 11.7 in scholarship and you basically get a two for one, it's really helpful. Um, but I think more than anything, we give them opportunity. And so they come in in the fall and, um, at times we'll need to, to filter into one direction, but we really want them to have options. We want, especially a kid that, you know, chose here because we, We've committed to giving them those options to be a two-way guy. It's difficult for many because you've got to be durable. There's so much on your plate as a freshman. But the guys that you're mentioning, and Jared and Tanner and, and, and Aaron, are just outstanding athletes, and they can help in both ways. So uh, at times they tend to go one way or the other, or it might kind of be resurfaced after the freshman year going into the summer but to know that you have them in your program and they can help you in multiple ways is big for us for the simple fact that we're dealing with 11.7 but if they're your best players i want to see them hit if they uh, have the ability to get on the mound and close the game or be a sunday starter i mean that's what we want to see them do i think our best uh, two way guy that I've ever coached is Joe Savory at Rice was the one thing that we recognize with him is very durable and he has a very strong mind as well. So, you know, he could handle both. So in the Big Twelve and, and playing in a power five, uh, sometimes it takes some time. But all three of those kids have that capacity for sure. I really like um, you know Tanner's ability so Go on the mound and play multiple positions in the infield. Uh, I think Nixon's ready to go on the mound. And, you know, unsure exactly where he fit in defensively, but uh, it's another great option. And you know, when you look at Jared as an outfielder, it's a lot less taxing on their arms, um, and they could spend some time hitting. And he's got he's got big time pop, so we want to definitely explore that with all three of those kids.
2: Yeah. It'd be very interesting to see how they, uh, how they turn out. Jared Jones may be the best two way player in the country. Uh, certainly one of them. And, uh, so big time, big time ability in, in both the, the pitching and the hitting there. Uh, and he also, along with PD Halpin is coming to you from, from California. Obviously you have a ton of talent there in Texas, but you're, you're branching out there and, and, uh, you know, when you're able to, to get into an area like Southern California for those kids, I mean, what, what does that say about the brand and, and, uh, what, what you have to offer there in Austin?
3: Well, I think, first of all, because of our state is so big, we have a lot of options here. Um, but we don't pigeonhole ourselves either because, uh, you could easily say, yes, we could go into the state and get that type of caliber of a, of a player, but it's not always the case. Um, you know, there may be a, a connection between um, those kids in the state of Texas who've had many from out of state that end up here because they have relatives in Austin or whatever the case may be. But um, their interest in Austin and, and coming to Texas made it happen for the simple fact yeah. that they want to play in big environment. Um they want to be in a, in a power five that they feel like there's going to be a great atmosphere. And uh, I know we can supply that for them. But they're just really good players. And so for me, we want to try to get the best players that are available that are going to go to school. And we want our out-of-state kids to be as welcomed as our in-state kids. And they definitely fit, fit that mold of out-of-state kids coming in that are going to have an opportunity early and their career here to, to be contributors. They're very good players. I'm, uh, very excited to have them.
2: We mentioned, uh, of course, Jared Kelly on the mound, and uh, but he's not the only talented pitcher. You got guys like Travis Steele and, and Reed Taylor coming in as well. And I, it, what, what do you think of this uh, this group of arms that that you get to work with overall?
3: I really, really like Travis athleticism. You know, he's a starting quarterback in San Antonio. Um, he's been a two-sport, multiple-sport player, which, for me, I think that gives guys an upper hand because it just, you know, their bodies have, have grown in different ways. They've dealt with different adversities. They handle things. As a quarterback, you have leadership qualities, and I've seen that in Travis. So uh, not to mention that he's got a big arm, too. So, you know, he did really well in the area field games this past summer. He's Ted's dad in elite events, so I think that experience really helps him. And um, I think he is a a really good competitor. Uh, Reed was a little bit later in the process for us, but everything that we saw out of him continued to make sense for us to move on him. And him being a basketball player, again, multi sport athletics really makes a difference for us because of our small window of development. That's three to four years. And so at times you get some big body guys that don't move as well, um, and it's difficult because of the the growth period that they're going through. We'll definitely take them, but you like the athleticism of this group on the mound as well, and I think we fits that bill as well.
2: Yeah, and offensively, you got some big time athletes. Of course, um, PD with his speed, and we talked about what what Tanner and Jared Jones can do. But you know, guys like Carson Tucker and Dylan Campbell, and you know, Ivan Melendez coming from the junior college ranks brings some power. And so it seems like it's a nice uh, balanced group of of some athleticism and, and some power bats.
3: You know, Dylan Campbell is an interesting young man because. Again, he's very athletic. He was a football player at St. High School. actually plays for my nephew, played uh, Kubiak. So that was the end on him early on in the recruiting period and then came into camp. But what I like about Dylan is that he's physical. He's also versatile. He can play infield, he can play outfield, and he can run. Um, and as a shortstop, he has that athleticism. But he's a tough kid um, that really fits... The mold of what we're looking for. Uh, Mitch Daly out of Alabama is a kid that has some power in his swing. Uh, good glove at sport. whether he stays it short or not would be really up to him if he could play that position every day and that it also goes with Dylan as well. But well Carson's our only kid out of Arizona and athletic genes with brothers in the big leagues um, with the pirates and um, he was a young man that we met in Chicago at the uh, USA during the development period with USA Baseball in Chicago. And at first, you had to watch him a couple of days and really pay attention to his skill because he was a little unassuming early early on. And he just kept getting better. And you started watching the intricate parts of the swing and you know his arm strength and the way he moved. Uh, he's going to be a good one, I think. We may be a little right-handed heavy in this group, um, but with PD in there, uh, a kid by the name of Dalton Porter, who is also a left-left out, who so can also pitch, um, has really made some strides as well. So it is a good mixture. Um, the, the one KC player in I uh, Melendez is a guy that's got a chance to step in the middle of our order right away. As Either, either corner is either a first baseman or a third baseman is uh, going to be a real good boost for us as well.
2: Well, it's going to be exciting to see how these, uh, these kids continue to develop over the next year until they get into your program and then uh, still a couple more months before we get to see them on the field there uh, in Austin. Of course, it, before then, we have uh, another season of Texas Longhorn Baseball uh, t- to go. And as you start looking to 2020, I know you're wrapping up the, the fall here, but how are you feeling about uh, the this year's version of the Longhorns?
3: Well, I believe this 19 class is uh, probably the best class that we've had as a staff. Um, we've got a chance to insert a handful of these young players in our lineup every day. I and mean, the Trey team they started shortstop. Fenton Dixon, they started second base. And um, Chalice Arduin is going to catch a lot around DJ. So, when um, I mean, you can put three young players in the middle of your field and you feel pretty confident about them. That says a lot about their talent and, and their character and their, and their toughness to play in the Big 12. So, I think that's cool uh, to have those guys. A couple of guys coming that shot to, to pitch for us as well. Good-looking uh, young man Pete Hansen out of California. The left-handed pitcher has got a chance to be a weekend starter for us. And so uh, the, the talent is good. There's some other guys that fill in and Austin Wallace. The left-handed pitcher has probably worked out of both bullpen this year. Sam Walbridge, another left-handed pitcher out of San Antonio. And then you look at the team itself. I really like um, the three outsiders returning, and Kennedy, Ellis, and Todd, and getting to back behind the plate will be big for us. So um, very exciting. Um, we're looking forward to the spring for sure.
2: And one other thing, uh, you know, that happened for you guys this fall was that you're able to bring Troy Tulawitsky onto staff as as the volunteer assistant there. And I, I know a lot of people. Uh, We're pretty excited about that. Just what what have you seen from from Troy this fall, and and what's he been able to to bring uh, to the program?
3: He's brought a lot to the program. He's very, very unique as a former major leaguer, former superstar in Big Woods. Played there for 13 seasons. He knows how to work. He knows how to get the max out of these guys, and he's really just been a great contributor, and he has so much valid information. When you're just looking at scheming, um, strateg- strategically, um, simplifying, but also just a story here and there. And the kids really have a lot going, uh, and he's been outstanding in his own work ethics, which we didn't doubt at all. But, you know, I think that's the biggest concern you have when you hire that caliber of the coach. You know, is that really what he wants to do? And guys, he's just been, He's been awesome. He's been really good for our program. And, uh, you know, he's here for the right reasons. He wants to win. He wants to help develop young men. So um, we couldn't be more grateful to have Troy with us.
2: Well, it's going to be uh, very interesting to w- to watch uh, Texas this spring. Uh, going got a lot of young talent, like you said, and uh, you, some nice returning pieces as well, especially in that senior class. So, should be a fun mix. And uh, I know I'm excited to to see what the Longhorns have uh, have come opening day in February.
3: Freddie, I appreciate it, and uh, always thankful to Baseball America and you for all the great things for our program and for our. Uh, our sport, we don't get a lot of recognition, um, but our sources that we do um, have access to or the fan base has access to, you guys do a wonderful job, and we appreciate it.
2: Well, we thank you. I thank you so much for that and, and for uh, taking the time to, to join us here on the Baseball America College podcast. Thanks again to Coach Pierce for joining me here on the Baseball America College podcast. Uh, Very very interesting to hear from him about that number one ranked recruiting class. Uh, We're going to be seeing a lot more of those those players down the line, and it's going to be exciting to see who gets to Austin and and, and, what they look like over the next few years as Longhorns. We're going to keep rolling right along here. On this special edition of the Baseball America College Podcast, and we're going to get to Arkansas coach Dave Van Horn. The Hogs signed the number three class uh, right here, and it's uh, it's a big full class. They're going to be uh, looking to replace some big time players who are who are going to get drafted this spring in terms of casey martin heston kerstad and and so this this 2020 class is going to be key for the next few years of the razorbacks program and uh, i'm excited to hear from coach van horn about the his 2020 signing class well we're excited to welcome in arkansas coach dave van horn to the baseball america college podcast signing day special coach uh it's november but uh it's it's an exciting time around the country as uh as we, we get to see these 2020 classes take shape, and uh, you've got a pretty big one and, and a pretty exciting one yourself that, that you're uh, you're bringing in.
4: That, that's uh, an understatement for us. We're really excited about our class. It's uh, you know highly touted class. Uh, a lot of work gone on gone into this. You know for many years, like three four years out, and uh, you know having some of these kids have come to our camp. Obviously, we've seen them play from one in, end into the one coast to the other coast. I mean, it's been uh, it's been quite a, a quite a process, but we feel good about who we've got coming in, and it's a good assortment of uh, position players and power arms. And um, you know, now the, the big question is obviously if we can get some of these guys through the draft to get them on campus, and if we do, uh, adding them with a few of the kids that we have in here now along with some of the good good recruits in the 21 class, you know, we could uh, get this thing going a little bit.
2: Yeah, I, I guess this class is especially important because of some of the draft hits you might take or you're expecting to take just off of the current team. How much does, does stuff like that factor in while you guys are, are piecing a draft class together or a, a recruiting class together?
4: Well, obviously, you know, you're, you're talking about guys like Heston Kerstad who brings their name and you know casey martin and you know, just the name here, but, uh, a few of our you know a few of our older pitchers but we do have uh, you know we do have a lot of sophomore pitchers that are going to help us this year but but you know when we're talking about numbers we're going to you know we'll have a good draft class leave our you know leave us this uh, this coming June. you know kids that are playing here and they've really contributed since the day they walked in we we're talking about you know martin and kirstead and some of these kids uh, so yeah it always plays a, a part into what you're thinking. You know, are these guys going to have a chance to come in and contribute as a true freshman? And that's all we ask them to do. We don't, we don't expect guys to come in and have a year like, you know, Kirstead did or Martin did their freshman year. You know, took us all the way to the, helped us get to the championship series in 18. Uh, but there are going to be spots. These guys have an opportunity to play. And I think this is one thing that uh, should help us. When, when the draft gets here, uh, for these you know for these twenty grads, they'll you know they know that if they don't sign, they've got a real opportunity to get on the field as a true freshman. And uh, there's no doubt in my mind uh, that many of these kids are not only going to contribute, but they're going to play every day. And uh, you know we got a couple guys that are two-way guys that I feel like they can they can help both sides, pitching and, and hitting, field. and So uh, it'll be. Uh, It'll be an interesting summer for us, say the least.
2: You've uh, you've got Caden Wallace in this class. He's the top player in the state of Arkansas, and that you know, he, he's pretty well regarded nationally too. Which isn't always the case for for some Arkansas players. They sometimes can fly a little under the radar out there. Uh, but what what's Caden do uh, so well?
3: Well, first off,
4: his makeup is off the chart in, in our opinion. Uh, just uh, he's just a guy that we want in our locker room uh, number one and. You know, he wants to play infield i think he can play infield i think a lot of the pro people see him as a right fielder uh, he's a right-handed bat um, you know i think you know he'll have a tough decision to make i think that uh you know it'll be it'll be tough for him but uh, you know he brings a lot to the table he can run um he can hit he can hit for some power and again he's a he's a plus plus teammate and and that's that's huge in, in any locker room and, and uh, you know, we're again we're hoping that he makes it to Kansas.
2: You were talking about two way guys, and uh, in Mason Wynn, you've got maybe the best two way player in the country, and he's just so dynamic in, in, in the things he can do on the field. And what well, what do you see him doing in the long run in, in his baseball career?
4: Well, you know, it's interesting. Mason's one of those kids that uh, you know had a growth spurt, got stronger over the last year. Uh, I think it really, it really helped his offense. I think the, the bat has made a big jump. You know, he's always a good defender and played the and too. And, you know, obviously the arm works great and Luke really can pitch. And, you know, he's got a couple pitches that he can get you out with. Uh, and then you throw him out of the jump up there. And, uh, you know, he's going to be highly sought after by professional teams. But again, uh, you know, I think that. We'll see how it plays out, but what can he do for us? He can be both. I mean, we we think he can come in and play right away, especially the way he played down in Jupiter. I mean, not only did he pitch well, he hit awfully well, and he's gotten faster. And I think it has to do with strength, and he's worked hard at it. And we've had a really good relationship with him. We've been recruiting him for a long time, and he's been around us a lot. And you uh, know, I think that, that he he trusts us, and he knows if he gets to school but... He's going to be right in the middle of it
2: the day campus. Any recruiting class, multiple years in the making. Uh, Nate Thompson coming in uh, a couple years ago at, when Tony Vitello took over at Tennessee as, as the new recruiting coordinator and Matt Hobbs coming in a year ago as, as the pitching coach. Just how important have those guys been in, in terms of putting this class together for you?
4: Oh, they've been huge. I mean, you know, I've been very fortunate over my time here at Arkansas i some really good coaches and, these two guys are right up there at the top. I mean, you talk about two guys that like, like to go out and recruit. Um, you know, I don't have to ask them to do anything or guide them or push them out the door. These guys are gone. And, you know, as a head coach, you just appreciate that so much that uh, they realize, and I think most coaches do, that, you know, you got to go get the guys. you got to see them. you got to see them more than once. And those kids need to see that we're seeing them so they know that if we make them an offer – that, uh, you know, we're backing it up with, uh, you know, experience of, of just being there and seeing them play, you know, many a tournament and it's not off one, one game or, you know, you know, one and here or there. So, uh, but Coach Hobbs has brought a lot of energy to our, our pitch staff. Before it. The recruiting part has been off the charts in my opinion. And then Coach Thompson, who, you know, we got out of the third state and he was, you know, a young coach there. And that's what I wanted. I wanted him to guy with you know, and love to work with hitters. And, and uh, I've seen him over the last two years just make a huge jump as far as the recruiting part of it because it's different, you know, in different leagues, you know, because we lose kids in the draft. We, we're one of those programs that we let kids walk on or, you know, come in without a scholarship, there's some that don't, and they have to make the team, and, you know, sometimes our rosters will look bigger than other schools, and other schools like to use that against us And because that's all they have to use against us. And uh, it ends up uh, it ends up being for some really competitive falls, and I think the kids realize when they get here that uh, we're really fair. And it doesn't matter how you got here, whether you've been a recruiter
1: for some years or,
4: or you're a recruited walk-on or an academic, if you're the best player, you're going to play. And uh, I think that's why we've had so much success because, you know, we're up front with these guys. But those coaches have done an incredible job. The last few years, Coach Bartello, you know, before that it was Coach Butler, Coach Jorn, um, Coach Johnson. I've, I've had some good ones here, and it's uh, it's one reason that uh, we've been doing so
2: well. Absolutely. And you, you mentioned exciting falls. You're, you're coming off of uh, fall ball now, and I know there were some – some guys that were banged up this fall, but what what excited you about what you saw with the uh, with the current roster uh, there this fall as, as we look to 2020 uh, this spring?
4: Well, we'll start with the pitching because that's where it starts every year. You know, if you can stop, and you got a chance, and uh, really like the depth of our pitching staff. And you know, I've been asked many a time, you know, by different people, and I've had to speak out and about. You know the questions are, you know, who's going to who's going to take Campbell's spot? Who's going to take Blaine Knight's spot? And honestly, I don't know who or if we have that number one guy to go out there on a Friday and know you're going to get into the sixth or seventh inning and you, you've got a really good chance to beat a really good team that they're in the going. Um, but I think that will evolve because right now we're looking at a couple of sophomores starting on the weekend, and we may have a freshman. We may have a, one of our other pitchers that have kind of been in the bullpen. Just ever, all of them seem to be getting better, and that's what's so exciting. I just feel like the development of our pitching staff has been, you know, A-plus under Coach Hops. It's been uh, fun to watch it. Um, these guys, uh, they're commanding the zone better. But, but the depth is what really stuck out to me in the fall, is if we could run a right-hander, left-hander out there just about every scrimmage that's thrown in the 90s, that has a pitch that can get you out with, um, sink on the fastball. I mean, I could go on and on. So, we just feel like we will just we can just go to the next guy, you know. But the key for our pitch staff is if we can have somebody that can shut really good team down in that game one uh, on the weekend. And then, you know, you go to the offense. We did have injuries, you know. Uh, really of our older players, you know, Kirsten played off all and does what he does. I mean, he did nothing but hit and actually played in the first base uh, a lot. Uh, we already know he can play outfield. It's trying to help him out. If he might play there for us, we're going to see, uh, you know, our starting DH from last year, uh, Matt Goodharden's, you know, an SEC player, all SEC player at DH. He didn't play, that shoulder surgery last summer. Uh, we were trying to work him in at first. This was going to be a big fall for him on the defensive end, so he missed that. But, you know, it we, we, we gives opportunity for some younger guys, you know, to, to, to play. And uh, But I think Christian Franklin, who started and left last year as a freshman, made a jump at the play. Uh, Casey Martin uh, had his hand bone. He broke that handmade bone and missed most of uh, the second half of uh, fall ball. Uh, we had uh, Braden Webb at first uh, came in, or excuse me, a junior college transfer that came in here, uh, was really, really playing well. And then he, uh, he hurt sober uh, for the ball and he's just about healed up. I mean, the injuries just kept piling up, to be honest with you. And as a matter of fact, we shut down, uh, we did play our Cardinal in one the White Series. We, uh, when we played over at Oklahoma State, you know, second week in, uh, October, we started five freshmen and, you know, they held around a little bit, but, uh, if we can get all of our hitters back in the lineup, we'll be fine. But I really, offensively, the biggest jump of anybody would be Casey Opens. Uh, you know, when we recruited Casey Opens, we loved him as a catcher, uh, but he was only about, uh, I'd say, about 160 pounds at the most. And now Casey's almost to 200 pounds, and the ball is jumping off his bat. And I think he's gone from being kind of known as, oh, he's a really good catch-and-throw guy, pitches up, throwing to him, to now that bat's going to play, and I think he's going to play for a long time.
2: Yeah, I know a lot of people that watched uh, him play with USA, uh, talking about scouts, they came away pretty impressed with the defense. And, yeah, if he makes a jump offensively, they're going to they're going to love him this spring.
4: Well, I think about last year, he caught almost every game as a sophomore. I've uh, had umpires tell me how they love working Behind him, what a great receiver he was! He made pitches look good. You know, he's got the personality. You know, pitchers love to to him. But he, but he played at about 178 pounds. He got into it this 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 summer lifting, eating, really working hard. And he started ball baseball at 194 pounds. And I didn't catch him very much. I played at the third base. I played at second base, first base. He just a really good baseball player. I mean, he could play those positions in our league. And that uh, he's continued to work extremely hard to the weight room. And, uh, last I checked, he was up to 198 pounds. And, you know, it, he looks fine. He looks like an SEC professional-type catcher.
2: Yeah, that's, that's absolutely exciting. You, the, you mentioned the Oklahoma State game. You also played Oklahoma at home and – I know you guys didn't announce in an attendance, but it looked from pictures that like they packed it in pretty good there. And I know that your fans are, are among the best in the nation and do a great job packing bomb in the spring, but what did you think of the atmosphere at Bomb this fall?
4: Yeah, it was uh, I think we were only in our second one. One of our second one we, we scrimmaged uh, OU and they they, they put on, uh, they put some really good pitching out there for us to so see. It was really good for us. Uh, but the fans, it was amazing to me. Um, I think we, I would say we had almost 7,000. I know we had over six. I was told somewhere <laughs> like 65, 68, something like that. And, uh, you know, it wasn't that I didn't expect it. I knew, I think we'd get four or five. Um, but it was, uh, it was fun, you know. It's fun for all the new kids to see it and have a chance to play in that atmosphere. And you know, it was a calmer atmosphere. Uh, there wasn't a lot of noise going on. But just to happen there in the buzz in the in mid-September, uh, it just makes you realize uh, if you're if you're in our program that it's, it's special here. And um, you know, we didn't advertise it. It was all word of mouth. You know, probably out there on Twitter and some other things. But it's not like. You know they were promoting it to try to get people here. They they just showed up, so it was it was awful. It was good to see.
2: Yeah, that is that's spectacular. Got gotta love when uh, when you can pack almost seven thousand fans in for a fall ball game. I really appreciate you taking the time today to to join us and, and talk some hogs and, and talk some recruiting.
4: Well, I appreciate you having us. We're uh, I wanted to mention this. We are right in the middle of another expansion project here. We actually break ground in December. Um it's facilities basically it's a 27 million dollar project And the crazy thing is we don't probably don't even have 27 million in our whole stadium um, and it's uh it's all about player development so we're excited about that the creep and conditioning area and our pitching lab and hitting lab and I could go on and on so it's uh they continue to take care of us here at the University of Arkansas and you know we're we're, we're excited about a recruiting class. Hopefully, we will get those guys in here. Their second season in here, that, that 20 class up will be in that facility.
2: Well, that'd be that'll be awesome to see. Uh, already one of the best facilities in the country, continuing to make it better. And we're going to be excited to see what uh, what Arkansas looks like uh, this spring. And maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll see you back in Omaha again. All right then. Thanks, Daddy. Thanks again to Coach Van Horn. Great breakdown of a lot of the players that Arkansas has coming in uh, in this 2020 class. Going to be very interesting to see how that all meshes together with the, the players they have on campus already. Uh, and an exciting 2020 season, uh, likely on tap there at Bomb Stadium, as always. Should be a lot of momentum uh, behind that program as uh, this group of 2020 recruits comes to Fayetteville next fall. We are going to keep rolling here uh, on the Baseball America College podcast signing day special with Mississippi State coach Chris Limonis. The Bulldogs have a top five class with headlined by Austin Hendrick and Blaze Jordan, two of the best hitters in the class. And uh, I'm very interested to hear how uh how chris lamonis uh evaluates them and, and what he thinks of them because they are they are two very special hitters but there's a lot of depth to this class as well and that, that's a big part of the reason why they're ranked five in the uh in the recruiting rankings so let's get to uh to coach Lamonis. We're excited to welcome Mississippi State coach Chris Lamonis to the baseball america college podcast signing day special Coach, it's a uh, it's an exciting day for everyone in college baseball, but when you sign a top five class, I'm sure it's even even more exciting.
0: Yeah, it's been a little hectic around here. Our fans get excited about it, even though a lot of these kids have been committed for years. You know, so it's uh, it's an exciting time around here. We just want to make sure we get all the paperwork in and, and get everybody locked in.
2: Yeah, it's uh, that, that's got to be the the real like anxious part. Do you get anxious waiting for the NLIs at all?
0: Not really. Just, you want them all signed right and done right. It's just a lot of paperwork. So, um, you know, in this day and age, it used to be a little bit more, when I started, a little bit more excitement on signing day. But um, like I said, most of these kids have been committed for years. They've been on official visits. They're um, they're very familiar with the coaches and the program. So you just want to make sure you, you get it all right and everything looks right and everybody understands and stuff.
2: Well, what you ended up with, uh, at least right now, is, is definitely a, a very impressive class. You got guys like Austin Hendrick and, and Blaze Jordan, uh, some of the best bats in the class, two top 10 players. And there's some really good depth to this class. But what what are your overall impressions of uh, of this 2020 group?
0: I think it's got a lot of high-end talent. I mean, um, I'm a little nervous. So unfortunately, it's not like college football where you get to coaching for a couple of years. Um, you know, we have some guys that are, they're going to have a, some serious interest in the MLB draft, which is what we usually have. But we have, you know, like you said, Austin Hendrick and, and Blaze Jordan, and um, we got and Kellen Clark. You put those three guys in there; they're top fifty players in the country. They're, they're going to be. I mean, maybe they could be Thunder and Lightning and Tornado. You know, <laughs> we've been laughing if they could make it to campus, but um, they're that type of players. I mean, they're just some of the better bats in the country. Um, but we're going to have to wait it out. We probably won't know till June or July you know, what our roster looks like. And then on the flip side, we have some pitchers in that in that area too that we just have some top 100 pitchers that we feel like um, we're going to have to go through the whole process with the draft.
2: Absolutely. Always tough. And one of those guys you're going to be fighting with Pro Bowl for is uh, is Austin Hendrick, who we have as the number two high school player in the country. And Austin has incredible bat speed. But what, what stands out to you when you watch him?
0: It's the bat speed. I mean, it's just a – it's an impressive swing, um, and and the body. And I, I thought he had made changes. I had a chance to see him the summer before, you know, at Team USA and Kerry, and then just the changes he's made in the year just shows he has some aptitude about him. And, and just you know, man, he plays hard. I mean, that's the one thing I like about him. And and but the the, the swing. I mean, you know, I've had Street Patel maybe the first hitter in the country taken possibly, and um, I can see why.
2: Blaze Jordan from down there in Mississippi. He, uh, he's a top player in the state. He's been famous for a long time, uh, some incredible power. And uh, I, he was committed long before you got there. But when, when you first uh, were able to see him, what, what stood out about Blaze?
0: So when I got the job, I came to Starkville for a couple of days and I flew to Atlanta. Blaze was in the middle of about a four week tour of Atlanta. And I showed up and I saw. Two of the more impressive swings I've seen in a long time, you know, watching him hit. And he's one of the first guys I went to see when I showed up in Atlanta. Um, it's just, it's back speed. Um, and, and what he's really done over the last year or two is, is becoming a better athlete. And he moves, he's playing a position, um, but it's a special, special hitter. Just a lot of back speed. Both of those guys are really similar similar in a lot of ways. Just one being right-handed, one being left-handed.
2: You mentioned Kellum, uh, Kellum Clark, and he uh, he has some two-way ability. I know people are excited about the bat, but he has some two-way ability. Do, do you think he could be a, a guy that gets on the mound for you as well?
0: I think he could. I mean, I, I think coming in, um, he's, you know, a lot more of a, a hitter for us. I mean, right now, I mean, he's come in as a hitter and try to compete, you know, offensively there. He's, I mean, it's massive power. I mean, it's just, you know, and it's our ballpark plays for the left-handed hitter in a lot of ways, so um trying to get him acclimated and get him into it, but I think over time he could. I mean, he was a full-time pitcher, he'd be a recruit for us, too. Um, it's just, you know, hard to do both, and, and he's going to his high school level, and I think I get it from pro guys. They like him as a uh, pitcher also, but um, for us, early, it's going to be about the
2: bat. I, I feel like this group is pretty well balanced, uh, both in terms of position and pitcher, and then high school and JUCO. Is that is that a fair assessment, do you think?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we, we, we fit in a great pocket of the country for junior college baseball. So, um, and I'm a big believer in it, you know, a lot of times you need some older players <laughs> to help you win. Last year, and we had Kobe White, and what a big piece of Kobe White was for our bullpen and came in and was able to pitch. And we feel like in some of the Juco guys um, that we signed, we, we were really excited about them. Um, we saw a video of Cam Kohler. Uh, the left-hander we got out of Wabash Valley a year ago, and me and Coach Foxhall, when we got the email, we were like, we really like this guy. And then he had a great year last year. And then, you know, we were able to, to get him here and, and, and get him committed. He was a guy of high priority for us. And, um, we, we got a kid, Parker that here from here in the state of Mississippi, who we feel like has you know, real stuff, but even better pitchability. And then Preston Johnson, another right-handed pitcher from here in our state that, I mean, these three guys, there's just three quality arms, and they're all – it's all plus stuff. I mean, we'll – the same thing with them, is we'll spread out the draft a little bit in their world because uh, they have really good stuff. But they all three can pitch, which I really
2: like. You get hired a year ago, and, and, you know, the 2019 class is basically done at that point. So this is kind of the first one that you've really been able to go through uh, much of a process with. But what – uh you know, what what's that been like a, being able to get your hands on this group a little more?
0: Well, I, I'm very fortunate, and I've said it, you know, since I've taken the job, my very first recruit was Jake Gotro and I, I feel like we have a recruiting coordinator, um, and him and the way he works with Scott Bottsall and, and Kyle Cheesebro, our whole staff is a recruiting, and I'm, probably my background's more in recruiting too, but, and it was it was hard. In that period of time when he was an interim coach, I mean, Jake held all this together, I mean, we could have lost a lot of these guys. I mean, these are premier players, and they stayed with Mississippi State, one well, because they love Mississippi State, but it was also the relationship with Jake and the trust with Jake, and, you know, he's the key figure in all this, with the glue, I guess you could say. Mine's been about building relationships and finding the pieces. You know, I think we've done a nice job of finding some pieces to go around because we needed some arms, and uh, we went out and signed a couple arms this summer that we feel can come in and be SEC caliber you know, guys, and Jackson Frisco and Mikey Pepper and Dylan Carmouche who guys that we signed, you know, late in this process, we, and we had some really good ones, and Kate Smith, you know, was already committed in here, but, um, you know, being able to get some of those guys is, is, has been a big piece. But I, I just, you have to tip your hat to Jake. I mean, it's in uh, the work of our staff and, and keeping that class together.
2: Absolutely. Uh, one, of, one of the best you've got right there. You, uh, you mentioned yeah, Dylan Carmouche, uh, and I've heard that he looks a little bit like Larry Bird. And as someone that spent time at Indiana, where, of course, Larry Bird is from, do you do you see the Larry Bird comparison that, that exists on Dylan?
0: I, I could see it physically down in the state a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he looks like a basketball player. He's a big kid, he's an athletic kid. Um, you know, he's uh, – but, yeah, I guess I could see that comparison. Even though I was from Bloomington, he was down the road <laughs> – <laughs> their host, you know, so, um, but yeah, he's he's a special player, I mean, we love him, we feel like he can really match up, especially against left-handed hitters, very competitive, and then, you know, he's a really good athlete for a kid that size, he'll play some first base, some outfield, um, you know, he, he's going to be a really versatile player for us.
2: Yeah, that's uh, that's an exciting one, for sure. When you look at what you've got this year on, on, on the team right now, you're coming up, uh, fall ball's... We're, we're moving past it, moving towards the, the spring now, but what did you see this fall that it, that excites you about this club going into 2020?
0: Well, you know, we have some real star power. We knew that coming back. I mean, you have J.P. Ginn, and then you have you know the, the four or five junior hitters who've played almost every day since they've been here. You know, Jordan Westberg, Justin Bosque, Rowdy Jordan, Tanner Allen, and Josh Hatcher. I mean, we have five older guys there that – They show great leadership in the fall and, 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 and they just continue. They love to play the game like they continue to grow, which I like. Um, and then those kind of match, we, we lost a lot. I mean, we, we brought in more than half of our team is new. And so we, you know, going through this transition, I'm hoping, you know, those guys do a great job of leading this young group. The young group is really talented. I mean, we have, uh, man, we have some really special arms. Um, I, I mean, multiple mid 90 type of guys, but. They got to go out and do it in between the lines of the dude. So um, doing it fall ball, I've been fooled many times before. And you know the experience that we had last year at the club, and it's you just don't replace that. Now we have to go through it again with some younger kids. But um, we're really excited about our group. We feel like we can compete at a national level.
2: What uh, what was the vibe this year? Because I, you had so much leadership with Mangum and Small, particularly. But what what was kind of the vibe uh, around the the leadership group and uh, everyone as as they got back in, into it this fall? You
0: know, um, I've said you know the Jake Mangum and the Ethan Small are the most type A personalities you'll ever find. And I, I don't know if we can ever replace that. I mean, I've told our guys, replacing the their day-to-day it's going to be a lot harder to replace in their stats and they put up unbelievable stats and even though another one in that group we had a kid, Cole Gordon, who was just man, he was just a special person I mean, in that group that we lost and, and a lot of our older players you know, just the, you know, the experience, the toughness, we just we, you know, we didn't have a feeling like any ballpark we walked into, we thought we were the best team and there was no fear in that group and a lot of that came from the Mangles and the Smalls, but it fed through the program and That'll be the biggest piece that we have coming back is trying to develop who our leaders are, um, because some of my older guys, established guys, maybe a little more quiet. Um, even though they have those same beliefs, they just, you know, you know, those other two guys were so outspoken. So um, that that's the biggest piece for us is just trying to figure out who that is, and it's going to take time. And we have a pretty aggressive schedule early, so it'll be uh, we'll probably do it through some ups and downs, but I think it'll make us better by SEC plus
2: now that you've been in this job for a year, what uh, what do you look back on and, and what kind of stands out from, from that first year in Starkville?
0: And it was crazy because we showed up here and, and, and there was a lot you know, we talked about it all the time. It was a lot of dysfunction because of the, the, the changes of multiple coaches. We had a brand new stadium going up, so the fall was a zoo. I really didn't know what we had and, and go kept telling me um, I mean, it's all right. We got a really good team on the field. <laughs> so, also, <laughs> I mean, it's true. All that dysfunction goes away you know, the more you work, and then you know the product on the field. And you know, we were able to put a really good product out there. And you know, for us, not just being here for my first year, but it was the first year of the dude and opening night and all the alumni and all the big leaguers coming back and the fans. And um, we were, you know, we were a fun team to watch. I think to where our fans really enjoyed coming, and then being able to host that regional and host that super regional. Um, there were moments like that that I, I, I may never experience again. Like, it's just people ask me about my moment here in Mississippi State. And when you have a nice inning like we had against Stanford, and, you know, Manglin leads it off with a standing ovation, and Magnum hits the a home run, and Cole Board comes out of the pen, It's almost like scripted, like like a movie. So it was a special year, a special group. I'm glad I got to coach Ethan Smalls to Jake Mangles just for a small glimmer of time. Um, I'm a better coach by uh, being able to coach them, and, and um, you know, they make me look like great coaches. But I just I learned a lot from those guys during that time.
2: Yeah, that that in and that ended the super regional against Stanford. I don't think any of us that that were in the stadium are going to forget that for a long time. That was that was special, absolutely. Yeah, yeah pretty magical. Speaking of the stadium, have you? gotten used to it at all, or do you still walk out on the field and just kind of are in awe of what, what you guys have there with the Duty Noble?
0: You know, you just get here and you get to work. You know, this fall's been great for us because everything's in place. You know, all our cages, all our kitchen labs, all the pieces that we have, and you do come in and look around, and well, it's something when you take the recruiter around, you realize how special it is. But it's like a sleeping giant right now. It's just so much more special when our fans are in it. You know, the grills are going, the condos are awake, the are Field, um, and when you get to bring the recruit through here and you talk about, hey, for the last 33 years we've sold out. You know, we we've, we've sold every condo, every rig, every you know. It just those are the pieces that you know. It's 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 a beautiful stadium. It's just a lot prettier when all our fans are in it. So it's uh when you walk out for a game and those grills are going and the lights are on, it's a, it's a special night. Um, we're just lucky to be able to have it.
2: Well, we're getting closer to nights like that, coming up on uh, less than almost 90 days, I think, away now. Just uh, it, It's coming up fast, a little faster than I'd like when I have as much work as I have to do between now and then, but opening day will be here soon enough, and it'll be very exciting to see uh, what the Bulldogs have uh, come 2020.
3: Uh, I
0: will be. We're excited. We're working. We, we get started early down here in the south, which is most teams don't because it's hot, and then, um, but we're, we're off the field, but we're still working, getting ready, and um, looking forward to a, a fun season.
2: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us here today, Coach. It was, uh, it was great to talk with you about the about the dogs and about this 2020 Top 5 class of yours.
0: Well, we appreciate it, Teddy, and all you guys do for us at Baseball America. So uh, it's great for the college game to have people like y'all promoting us. So we really appreciate it.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you again to Mississippi State Coach Chris Lamonis for joining us here on the Baseball America College Podcast. Uh, very interesting stuff there. Mississippi State has a lot to be excited for uh, in the both the near future in 2020 and uh, the the future with this 2020 uh, recruiting class that again ranks number five right now in in the Baseball America rankings. So a lot of great stuff here today from these coaches. Very appreciative of them taking time out very busy time of the year uh, it's november but it, this uh this week is a big week around uh college baseball so thanks again to david pierce dave van horn and chris limonis for for taking some time to to break down these classes uh with us here on the podcast hopefully you uh liked what you heard today and if you did remember to uh subscribe to the Baseball America College podcast, we're on all of your favorite podcasting apps, uh, be that Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you're listening to podcasts. You can find us and make sure to, uh, to click that subscribe button so you can get all the latest uh, from us here at the Baseball America College podcast. And if you can, uh, leave us a rating or a review. That also helps people to find us, and we very much appreciate that. You can check out plenty of content over at BaseballAmerica.com. There's a lot of college and draft content right now. In addition to the recruiting rankings, we updated our 2020 draft lists. They are now 100 deep for both high school and college players. Uh, So you can check those out at BaseballAmerica.com. And a special shout out to Carlos Colazzo, our draft writer, for doing all the heavy lifting on those two lists. And again, our top 10 prospect series for all 30 big league teams that continues to roll on. It is uh, we're wrapping up the AL East, I believe. So we'll be into the Central Division soon enough. And you can check those out uh, at BaseballAmerica.com. And also then while you're there, uh, pre-order your Baseball America prospect handbook, which of course has the full top 30s for each organization. That is available for pre-order at, at store.baseballamerica.com, where you can also find Head of the Class, which you've heard me talk about a lot this fall, our college baseball book looking at the last four decades of the sport. If you've made it this deep into a college baseball podcast in November, I really think you'll, you'll find something to you, – you'll enjoy uh, that new offering, uh, Head of the Class. We will be back to more regular content on the Baseball America College podcast next week. Uh, Joe will be back with me then, and we'll have uh, plenty to talk about and, uh, as, as we continue to look towards uh, opening day in 2020, which is now just about 90 days away. So make sure to uh, look for that next week. Until then, I want to thank you for listening. And again, thank you to all the coaches for joining us here today. And congratulations to all the players out there who signed uh, with college programs for 2020. Great accomplishment. And it it absolutely should be celebrated before you move back to to working hard to to make sure you can go and uh, have have a great spring and and then contribute in college. So congratulations to all the players and all the coaches who uh, who work so hard to get to this uh, this signing day experience. I've been Teddy Cahill on the Baseball America College podcast. We'll be back here next week. Thanks for listening.